Welcome to the Bookish Ballerina podcast, where we talk about ballet, stories, art, science, economics, music, and everything in between. I'm your host, Eleanor Stewart, and I am a rather bookish ballerina. Today, my guest is Jennifer Thomas, an award-winning composer in the classical crossover and cinematic genres. We will discuss the creative process, the importance of continual learning, and the importance of finding your own path toward your goals. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Jennifer, and welcome to the Bookish Ballerina podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So uh, to start off, what is your story? How did you get into music? Um, All of that. Um, well, I got into music because of my mom. She taught me uh, starting at age five, um, starting on violin and then piano eventually. And she, I have three brothers and we were all just at home taking lessons with my mom, um, probably until my teenage years. And then she, I think she got tired of teaching me and so outsourced me to other teachers. And then eventually I went, um, to college so yeah mostly like a home music education up until college and then um I studied piano and just really fell in love with classical music in college and um just enjoying the process of refining uh, the skills and all of that and then never composed anything until I actually after I graduated um and I kind of just kind of stumbled upon it I went to a concert and felt really inspired and decided I want to do that. And so I started trying to write music and, um, yeah, the first couple of compositions were not great, but you know, it's like a whole learning process. And, um, that was quite a while ago and I released my first album in 2007 and I'm just currently working on, um, I'm actually working on three albums right now, so it'll be my seventh, eighth, and ninth studio albums coming in the next year. So <laughs> it's been That's busy. It is. It's uh, I'm I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what are the um, what are the three different albums? Uh, so the the big one is like an album I've been actually working on for. Uh, by the time I release it, it'll have been five years since my last release. So I've been working on that. It's Everyone I've been, um, you know, working with on this album, like my co-producers and engineers, everyone's like, we've nicknamed it the Mammoth because it's just such a, (laughs) it's very, um, it's very, yeah, it's been a challenging album, just the production wise and everything. So that one's been taking a while, but I'm hoping to finally release that next year. And then um, I've also just been doing like a really small um, classical EP where I've just arranged some classical music and then I'm doing a third album with a London-based company called Audio Network, and um, that's more like production film TV style music, and I'll be doing that um, also next year. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. So who inspires you for, for your music, or what inspires you? Um, so different things inspire me at different times, but... Uh, as far as like who inspires me right now, I am really into female composers and producers. Like I just love seeing other women out there killing it in the field. 
um, composers like Hilder. Uh, I'm going to slaughter her last name. It's Guana Daughter. I, um, she's done several movie soundtracks. Uh, incredible. And also like Pinar Toprak. Um, she did Captain Marvel and some other uh, films you know. Um, I, and then I'm also just... I really love, lately I've been listening to a lot of um, Hannah Parrott. She's another composer-producer. I love her stuff. And, um, yeah, I just, it's really inspiring to see other women just, because um, typically in the style and genre of music that I do, it's very male-dominated. <laughs> so it's just, yes, I, I really love <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's really All the main that yeah. I can name are all like John Williams and Hans exactly. Zimmer and yeah. Oh, and I'm and I no, I love their music too. Like I yeah. love Hans Zimmer. I love Sandy Elfman. Like of course, like the Rupert or the um the Gregson Williams brothers, Rupert and Gregory, are amazing. And there's like so many, but like when you think of like who's your favorite film score composers, like usually it's men that mm-hmm. are the first ones to roll off the tongue. And so it's just really refreshing to see these women composers coming to the forefront and writing for major A-list films. Yeah. So it's very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So when you are, um, like, starting to work on a piece of music, what what's your process? Um, That is a great question because it's always changing. <laughs> but uh, it really depends on what, type of composition I'm working on so if it's more like a traditional style I'll sit down at my piano and just write out um more of like the structure and the technical aspects of the song and start at the piano and then eventually that will lead to a production for the orchestration afterwards um but then if I'm doing something more non-traditional um like uh things with electronic elements or um i don't know like i'll just compose in my studio with my keyboard and my virtual libraries because sometimes the virtual sound libraries in themselves can inspire a lot of really cool sounds and just kind of like messing around and then you hear something and then that inspires the way the composition ends up going yeah so but usually i do that and then um once i have like a basic structure, like it's structurally put together, I move on to orchestration. And I do, for my past several projects, I've done orchestration with Glenn Gabriel. He's from Sweden, and he's a film composer, and we work together on the production, and he's amazing. Um, I love when we work together because, like, and you may, like, relate to this and listeners too, but, like, you have your own creative ideas, but then when you put two or more heads together you come together your project can just take flight because you have so many different ideas coming in from other sources as well and I really feel like when he and I start working on yeah with orchestration it just kind of levels up a little bit and um yeah very cool um I mean yeah that's kind of the basics there's so much more but yeah that's the composing aspect that's kind of my basic process okay Do, do you ever have like when you're starting to put something together, do you start with a feeling or like a story or do you just start playing with notes and things? Um, both. So I 
I'm a very visual storyteller in my head. <laughs> and so yeah, I will have like, yeah, so I'll have lots of ideas and stories in my head, even like, it's like a film is playing in my mind. And sometimes when I'm writing the music, it's kind of like I'm scoring this idea in my head or, um, and, but then other times I'll just sit down at the piano and I'll just mess around and I might find like a chord pattern or something that sounds really neat. And then I'll start kind of just going off of that and writing something. Um, and then there's also the method of just like titling all of your songs first. Like, well, I'm going to write an album about this. And then you come up with 10 names and titles and then just even having titles can help you like, well, write a song about the rainstorm and then you try to figure out, well, how does rain sound? Like, what would that sound like? And what would I do to create the sound of rain? Interesting. Cause like when I, I do a lot of like literary type writing mm-hmm. and I, I always pick the title last, which yeah. Yeah. I do that too um, sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I don't think there's any right way to be creative, though. You know, it's like True. you don't have yeah. to have one method. It's whatever gets you to that end product. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you ever have a piece that, like, you're working on and for some reason you just don't like it? And what do you do yeah. if that happens? Um. Yeah, That. I mean, that happens to everyone. I, I just usually just kind of leave it and walk away with it. Um, come back to it maybe a week later. If I really hate it, then I'll just scrap it. I don't usually try to flush out a whole song. If I'm just not feeling it, I'll just kind of just, you know, throw it in the garbage. But I think sometimes we just get in our heads too much and we just have to take space. And being creative also takes so much, like, mental bandwidth. And, you, yeah, you need to take as much space as almost the time that you take to be creative to refuel your creativity you know so that's needed what is your process for publishing music I mean I know nothing about that that world yeah so that's a good question um so I'm so when you say publishing are you talking about like releasing and streaming or are you talking about because like in the music world Publishing can also mean like a rights owner in a work or who's managing the songwriting aspects. And um, so are you what what aspect are you curious about? Yes, I see. I didn't even realize that. I'm thinking (laughs) more like releasing it to um, for people to listen to. Okay, yeah. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, releasing music. Um, So I use a distributor. I'm currently switching distributors <laughs> um but there's there's so many out there um yeah i won't go into that because i'm a little frustrated with my distributor right now but yeah you need no. a distributor <laughs> um but you know it's like there's no right or wrong way to release music the hard thing is right now in this market it's so oversaturated and so mm-hmm. like being an artist in today's market is really hard to um, be heard above all of the noise and um, things also just change so fast in the music industry so like what was working two years ago has already changed so like if TikTok was the big thing last year it's probably not as big this year and it's always something new always something else and so as an artist you kind of have to always be willing to adapt and change and also um, 
I mean, I, I, some artists have like such a love hate relationship with social media. Unfortunately, it seems like it's kind of a necessity to even get anywhere, you know, because if you're not on there, you're behind the game. And like I was mentioning, the game changes so fast. And so, um, it's just part of the job, but usually, um, yeah, I use a distributor to get my music out there. So, um, they distribute to the different streaming platforms and like the whole like aspect of like composing the music and writing it and producing it and doing all of that hard work, even to get to the release point, I would say is like, have you ever seen that picture where there's an iceberg in the water and like the 30% of iceberg is on the top, but then underneath you see like the 70% that no one ever sees. Yeah. That's very much like, you you release the album and all the hard work even just to get there. It's probably like just 30%. And then oh, the 70% comes after you release it because there's all the I mean promotion, PR, um, concertizing. I mean, you have to also do all this massive work to not be like lost in the oversaturation of the market. And yeah. it's, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yes. Um, if there was like a, a young person listening who wanted to go into this field, what would you recommend for first steps? Um, I would say just being being more educated. Anything you can do for yourself that you don't have to hire out to someone else. I think that was a big learning thing for me is like figuring out what is worth paying someone to do for me and what's worth doing myself. And then the things that I wanted to do myself, learning how to to do those things, like learning um, like a digital audio workstation in my studio or editing or um, learning how to do virtual sound libraries or just all these things that will save you time and money in the long run. And also so that when you grow in this industry and you become, you know, you work with more people, you have a skill set that you can bring to the table and also just be taken more seriously and um, respected more as well because you know what you're doing. So I think educating yeah. yourself is really important. Yeah. So do you have any like resources you would recommend they would look into to educate themselves on that? Yeah. Um, so nowadays, pretty much like anything you want to learn, you just go to YouTube <laughs> and just type Very in true. like, yes. Yeah, I mean, I I use YouTube so much for tutorials on if I'm like stuck on something, I'll just look up how to do something. And um, yeah, it's amazing what you can learn. Um, but there's also lots of great master classes out there if you want to actually pay some money. I just recently did, excuse me, I did a master class for sync music writing. And um, that was incredible. Uh, so yeah, there's just so many ways nowadays to just sit at home at your computer and get educated. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Um, So what is your favorite and least favorite part about what you do? Um, So I would say the favorite part is definitely just the creativity. I love being creative and creating things and thinking of ideas and making those ideas into something. Um, I absolutely love filmmaking and I've always been like, you know, I've had my YouTube channel since 2007-ish, and then I started making videos, but I always, like, had other people making the videos and working with teams, and um, I've always in my head just felt like, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, I feel like sometimes I have, like, a movie playing in my head. I have all these ideas, 
And with these new album projects I've been working on this year in particularly, I've been really like honing in on filmmaking and becoming more of like a director or a story writer. And I have so much um, visual f- storytelling that I'm doing with my new projects. It's so fulfilling for me because I absolutely love just not because, you know, music is such an auditory experience. And I think there's something to say about touching more of the sensory of humans like can they hear it can they smell it can they taste it and can they see it and just all those different things and um i love being able to help help people experience music more than just listening to it but also like seeing yeah seeing visuals with it so that's super exciting for me i love doing just the creative part um my least favorite um okay so this probably is going to sound surprising but Honestly, like performing is probably my least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of weird because I coming from a classical background, but that's what I was trained to do is perform, perform, perform. And mm-hmm. I think that as I've gotten into my own career and just the whole creativity aspect of it and different ways to be creative and different ways to express my creativity, performing hasn't been like a necessity anymore for me it's been more of um well it's been a request from people all the time but I don't always get so excited about it because it feels Mm -hmm. like okay on top of everything I'm doing I also have to like produce a concert and I have to like it's so much work I don't think people will realize but on the other hand though I do love uh connecting directly with fans when I'm performing like because you don't get to experience that in real time when you're just streaming your music. And um, I do notice that, like, when I do perform, I always love it. And then, like, in a moment, I'm like, I love this. I want to do this all the time. And then two weeks later, I'm like, I never want to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I understand that, like, when we're preparing for a ballet production, three months of rehearsals for, you know, one or two weekends of shows. It's so much work. Yeah, yeah, people have no idea the work involved, especially to produce a show and just have it go off without a hitch. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I worked with so many dancers in my music, too. So, I, like, I have stepped into your world a little bit. And just it's, it's so similar in so many ways because you have, like, the classical training background. But then you also have, you know, you want to do things more creatively. And I battle that with music as well. And yeah, the whole performance yeah. aspect and everything. Yeah. 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 Talking about, like, your music videos, one of my favorites of your music videos, it's a fairly old one, is the Sugar Plum Fairy music oh, video. Thank I you. I love it. It's a ballet. <laughs> I know it is, but it's, yes. like, it's a very unique take on it, and I love it so much. Oh, thank you. That one was a lot of work, but it was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Good memories. Yeah. Okay. If you could teach everyone you met one thing, what would it be? Um, I would say that a piece of advice I would say is that there's always more than one way to accomplish something. So you don't have to be like everyone else. If you want to release music or write a book or whatever it is that you want to do, um, you should just do it how you want to do it and not follow this cookie cutter process that you see everyone doing. Because I think that um, 
there's something to be said about being a trailblazer and just doing what makes you happy and not trying to just do what everyone else, what you think is going to make everyone else happy. Because at the end of the day, like in 20 years from now, when you look back at all the things you did, are you, is it going to make you happy? Like, you know, are you going to be fulfilled? And I think that's important. So whatever you have to do to do what you want to do, but do it your own way and don't feel like you have to just do what everyone else wants you to do. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then what is one thing you want to learn or learn more about? Well, um, this is such a nerdy answer because right now I'm editing so many film projects I've done and I'm trying to learn how to do VFX editing in DaVinci Resolve. So like sky replacements and um, adding things that like like you didn't film, like kind of like animated things. It's um, yeah, it's intriguing, but it's very like I I need to sit down and do hours of tutorials and yeah, so Mm -hmm. I would really love to learn that. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. One of yeah. my what about you? Crazy- what do you want to learn? <laughs> Ooh, I have a I have a lot of things. Um, I would love to learn fencing. You know, like sword fighting. Oh, I'd love to learn that. <laughs> That'd be so um, cool. Yes, and then right now, like I like a week ago, started learning German. So we'll see oh, how that goes. Good um, for you. Thank you. It's on Duolingo. But I'm planning a trip um, to London, Germany, Poland, and Austria. So I'm Ooh, wow. ready. Yeah. That's awesome. And you'll be able to understand and speak a little bit by the time you get there, hopefully. That, yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yes. You recently, you went to Scotland, correct? And th- your yeah. heritage there, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so cool. That's so cool. That's yeah. That was kind of a bucket list trip. It was really fun. Do you have anything else you want to um, say or for any of the? Gosh. Follow your dreams. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. I don't know. I'm just a big proponent of just being yourself. And there's so many um, things in my own, like, music world and career where I did a lot of pressure from other people to, like, do things a certain way. But... I always try to like follow my gut and do things my way. And I think in the long run, it pays off. And so, I don't know. I just want to encourage everyone to just do what makes you happy and yeah. do things your way, you know? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Do you have any like examples that you want to share about that? So when I released my very first album, I was like a total newbie to the music world and I was just, I met a few people here and there in the music industry, but I didn't really know anyone. Um, and I met another artist and this particular artist was part of like, um, like a solo piano radio station. And I guess it was really popular. And he was trying to encourage me to submit my music to get on the station. So I did, but I'm not like a solo piano artist. Like I always do orchestra with my music. And I remember my album got rejected from the station. And, and the station director said the reason was because it had other instruments other than just solo piano. Oh. And so this other artist was like, well, you know, you could just redo your album as solo piano and then you can get on the station. And I remember thinking, like, why would I like this? Not even like my goal. Like, I'm not my goal isn't to be a solo piano artist. Like, why would I redo 
all of my hard work just like on a radio station. Yeah. And but I had this I had a lot of pressure to be like, no, you need to do this because this will like launch your career and you'll get into this whole world of this type of music and la 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 la. And I just remember thinking like, nope, I am not doing that. And I am so glad that I didn't because I just wanted to do the kind of music that I wanted to do. I didn't want to feel pressured to like be someone I wasn't just to fit in with something. And I feel like that, like I'm so glad I made that decision because here years later, I've like really honed in on my style of music and it wouldn't have been that way, you know, if I hadn't kept going in this direction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's really neat. That's very important to me also because I, yeah, I, like, I didn't go to university or I didn't complete my degree at university. I would love to go back at some point, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't necessary for what I wanted to do. And so I yeah. didn't feel comfortable spending four years of my life at that point in my life when I could go and start my career. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And especially in the creative world, um, I think it's more about, like, the creativity inside of you. And you don't have to have a four-year degree. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. This was lovely to chat with you. And good luck with all of your endeavors and with the rest of your podcast season as well. I can't wait to listen. Thank you so much. To learn more about Jennifer, follow at Jennifer Thomas Official on Instagram or TikTok and follow at Jennifer Thomas Piano on Facebook. I have also added some links in the show notes, so if you are curious to learn more about her or any of the things we discussed, you can head there for more information. To learn more about me and this podcast, follow at the.bookish.ballerina on Instagram or at the.bookish.ballerina.podcast. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you for the next episode.